Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science as fuck. Welcome to Science AF. I'm your host, Dr. Chacho, and I am not a doctor, but I am Science AF. This is uh, the podcast and Twitch live stream, and now YouTube channel of video shorts where we talk about science, news, and breakthroughs, and sometimes just go on uh, whatever tangents we feel like. So, Science AF, you can listen to the audio podcast. Subscribe on Twitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts. I don't know. What's the Android one that people use? Um Subscribe on any of those things or go to scienceafpod.com to see the audio version. You can listen to it right on the website there. Uh, that's the audio part. If you would like to rather see cartoon Dr. Chacho live on Twitch... Subscribe to science underscore AF on Twitch. And those live streams will be available as individual segments on our YouTube channel, which uh, is brand new. It doesn't have any subscribers. So go to YouTube and you have to search for science AF shorts and you can find science AF shorts there to watch clips of the live stream. Here are some ways to support the show. Science AF is part of GravyDay.com video network. Uh, it's sort of in beta. You can go to GravyDay.com, and uh, there you can find uh, both the podcast and the shorts, Science AF shorts video form. You can Venmo us at GravyDay. You can subscribe to our new Patreon, patreon.com slash gravyday, if you are a true hero and like to support us monthly. Uh, we also have uh, an Etsy shop where we sell little uh, trinkets and inventions in the Etsy store, uh, 3D printed designs that you can buy to help keep our shop open, etsy.com slash shop slash gravy day. What else? Science AF is the OMG WTF and LMFAO ASMP. Someday I'll memorize that. Of science. What does that mean? Uh, nothing really. Just a lot of letters. But uh, we like to talk about science. We like to look into new and exciting science breakthroughs, science stories, science discoveries, science inventions, and uh, just see where the science wind is science blowing. Let's take a look at our first segment, Gone Viral. 
Here we are, our first segment gone viral, where we talk about the pandemic that has been going on for a good year now. Happy anniversary, pandemic. Hopefully, we shall destroy you soon enough. Uh, the pandemic, that is, and the virus. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, what's this story? Vaccine, uh, Pfizer's vaccines appears to reduce coronavirus transmission. Well, the top story is that numbers are going down in most places uh, across the U.S., across, uh, uh, well, I don't know about the world, at least across the U.S., numbers are going down uh, in Southern California, where I am residing. The numbers are going down sharply, and that's because of vaccines. The people who have gotten vaccines, uh, thank you to the people who are giving them out. Bless you. Uh, more and more people are getting vaccines, and that is slowing down transmission. One, because people don't get sick after they get the vaccine. Um, but also, we're finding that they even carry the virus less. That's not a surprise. You would think that they would carry it less. Uh, they have the vaccine. The vaccine is basically a blueprint for your body to fight the virus. So while you can still uh, uh, catch and uh, uh, definitely carry the coronavirus after you have the vaccine, you have a less chance, a lesser, a smaller chance of giving it to someone else. So like we've been saying, go get the vaccine. What else? Uh, two coronavirus variants have merged. That's a scary headline on New Scientist. Uh, what, what is this? It's called recombination, which allows two closely related viruses to mix and match. So, so there's one event. They found a single genome sequence of uh, COVID that appears to be a recombination of two different lineages. Um, one from the, uh, the UK version, I think, merged with uh, the, the, the SoCal version. Uh, it's like a, yeah, like a, a little international uh, evil uh, uh, mutant. Um, they don't think this is spreading the new combination and, and we don't have to freak out about it. Okay, that's the headline. We don't have to freak out about it. Uh, the, the, virus, uh, the, the vaccines seem to be taking care of the variants so far, but recombination is one reason we all need to get the vaccine. Everyone needs to get the vaccine. The whole world needs to get the vaccine very soon because we need to get this thing under control because it could, uh, the longer it's out in the public, the more it's going to uh, mutate and the more it's going to recombinate. And both those things uh, are just the virus's way of evolving to kill us better. So let's not let that do it. Let's actually uh, be on the side of humanity and fight the virus, get the vaccine. Um, here's a story, not just bats, but many other mammals could host coronaviruses. Um, okay, nobody said it was just bats. Uh, uh, we don't even know if the coronavirus came from bats yet. Uh, 
they think MERS did. That was uh, one of them that was a breakout like uh, 10 years ago, a, a smaller epidemic. Uh, SARS-1 was, I think, around 2002. Uh, it was a... a smaller pandemic than this one but a pandemic nonetheless uh these are all uh covid these are all sars uh, sars is uh they're 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 coronaviruses uh we've seen these a couple of times before and of course this is the worst one yet not necessarily the worst one ever though so uh l learn from us uh, uh future humans i hope that you have learned how to get these pandemics under control better than us and uh maybe if it's a bad enough pandemic uh uh, uh all of the uh, uh the murderous assholes who refuse to put on masks well we might have to uh we might have to you know do something about them if if if, there, if a worse pandemic comes out but i regress um what is this this story is about uh animals they used an algorithm to uh, 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 check similarities in human DNA to other mammal DNA and uh, predict which animals could carry coronavirus. It's basically uh, animals that have a closer DNA uh, genome sequences to us are the most likely to be able to host. Um, let's see, recent studies have already confirmed a number of the model's predictions, specifically that the alpaca domestic goat and raccoon dog are susceptible to COVID, uh, 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 the coronavirus. And what's a raccoon dog? If you're wondering like I was, a raccoon dog lives in Japan and is neither a raccoon nor a dog. It's a tanuki and Here's one, a picture of one on an air race in Japan, and uh, they're adorable, and they do look like raccoons, but they're neither, and uh, stay away from them unless they're wearing a mask is the main story here. Next story. See you in my dreams. Our next story is about dreams. Lucid dreaming, to be more specific. Talking to people who are lucid dreaming, to be uh, thirdly more specific. Um, this is the first time that I think that this has been studied. But apparently it's possible to communicate with people while they are in REM sleep, a.k.a. dreaming. Every article on this, by the way, starts by mentioning the movie Inception, which um, not really about lucid dreaming or communicating with people who are dreaming, but um, it's about sleep, I guess, so it's peripherally, peripherally related, and therefore... Um, Every science writer is required to make that pop culture reference to get people's attention. I'm not going to make it, though. I'm not going to spin a top. I'm not going to sit here 
spinning tops and second guessing whether I'm alive or asleep, whether I'm alive, whether I'm awake or alive. I don't know. Maybe we're, this is all an eternal stream in outer space. Maybe I'm a Boltzmann brain at the end of a dying universe and I'm lucid dreaming this right now. But anyway, back to the story. Scientists have entered people's dreams and got them talking. Um, that's the headline. This is at the um, University of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, uh, okay, so they got a bunch of people to sleep and they had, they put probes, they put these big old uh, electroencephalogram helmets fitted with electrodes on their heads. So there's a total of 57. Uh, 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 out of a total of 57 sleeping sessions, six individuals signaled that they were lucid dreaming in 15 segment uh, 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 sessions. Okay, what does that mean? Uh, they put these people to sleep. Well, before they went to sleep, they gave these people a uh, a signal, something about I think it was like an eye movement or something. That means, hey, I am aware that I am dreaming I am lucid dreaming so uh, in 15 sessions one of the sleeping people that we know were asleep because they had the REM probes on their head uh, signaled that they were lucid dreaming and then the researchers would ask them questions yes or no questions and the people in the dreams would answer by moving their eyes around there were even uh, some math questions, which is cool. They asked them some simple math, like what is eight minus six? And the dreamer, at least in one case, moved his eyes twice in the same pattern. So um, pretty cool. Uh, when, uh, um, after several questions, the dreamers were woken up and asked to describe their dreams. Some remembered the questions as part of the dream. One dreamer reported math problems coming out of a car radio. Another was at a party when he heard the researcher interrupting his dream like a narrator in a movie to ask whether he spoke Spanish. Uh, weird. So these people remember being asked questions. Um, and uh, in some cases, in about 20% uh, of the cases, uh, where are those numbers? Here's here's uh, uh, the futurism, the same article or the same story on a different uh, website. This is futurism. Um, uh, um, I think they said 20% of the uh, recipient, 18% uh, of the time, they were able to accurately communicate with the sleeper. Uh, not having a conversation, but 18% of the time, that's one in five. Uh, times they actually got an answer out of a sleeping person asking them a question. That's pretty cool. Uh, another 20% of the time there was some answer, but it was either incoherent or wrong, uh, suggesting that there was some form of communication going on. So that means that another one in five times uh, they asked a question and they saw an answer, but the answer was wrong or it was uh, incoherent meaning like instead of moving the eyes to the left they moved them up and down or something uh, 
which, which indicates that probably there was something in there trying to communicate, but they weren't getting the eye thing right. Anyway, that's pretty cool. Um, there's one more article that I pinned here. Ooh, this one's from Vice. Uh, has a, a nice uh, image of a sleeping, floaty person. Um, I think this is all the same information we just talked about. Sleeping people. Uh, uh, the research asked the 19-year-old American participant to subtract 6 from 8 while he was in a lucid dream, and he correctly signaled the answer 2 with two eye movements from left to right. Cool. What is this going to do? Well, this uh, researcher says, we have a lot of different ideas and we're excited to test them. Um, I don't know. This could have possible uh, implications for talking to people in comas, perhaps. Oh, or um, also for, you know, there's been a lot of um, research into reading uh, uh, dreams. So this is just another uh, brick in the wall to help us understand what's going on when during the third of our lives that were basically inert. Next topic. Be our beer. Be right beer. Beer right beer. An ancient Egyptian brewery, the oldest ever found. Uh, uh, uh. You might know that Patty's Pub is the oldest pub in uh, uh, Boston. That's not true. But uh, the oldest pub in Egypt is circa 3,000 before Kama era BCE. 3,000 years BCE. 5,000 years ago. This giant brewery was hopping. Uh, uh, that's not a hops pun. It was hopping in the 20s sense of uh, everyone getting drunk and dancing like flappers. Um, this is, uh, uh, okay, the, the south exterior of the enclosure of King Kasekemwi Chirka 2750 BCE. Um, a massive deposit of beer jars was found. This, it's just, it's the biggest bar. Uh, it, it, it's a huge bar uh, from 5,000 years ago. And, and this was um, just unearthed in uh, 2018, but also it's still being unearthed. Uh, uh, and they're continuing to explore it. It says here that this brewery could create 1,800, well, beer Daily beer for 1,800 people. I mean, daily beer for some people is different than daily beer for another. But uh, 1,800 people apparently uh, were, uh, uh, from Egyptian records, were being paid a wage of beer uh, or a beer ration. So this this was, uh, this is a brewery of kings, uh, kings of Egypt brewing themselves lots of delicious beer um, and giving them out as ration 
for workers because there were many workers who worked on this brewery. Uh, this is a precursor to the the, the giant pyramids. So test uh, this might have been a, a sort of a um, uh, a test of the union, the workers' unions, uh, in that they they had they had uh, apparently nine thousand workers working for uh, the king. And they were giving them uh, uh, beer rations. Um, let's see. Based on the Egyptian figures for Mount of Beer provided daily to workers on state projects as part of their wages, this would have been enough to provide a day's beer ration to more than 1,800 people. Um, in modern times, this had the capacity of brewing roughly the equivalent of a pint for everyone attending a baseball game major league baseball mm, i don't know what the uh, what that means because uh, uh baseball stadiums can hold uh upwards of 30 50,000 people so does that mean that the uh these 1800 workers were getting like 10 beers a day i don't know not seeing your math here but um Okay, so this is, uh, let's see, a big part of royal rituals in early Egypt. Um, this is a, it was a big city. This was uh, one of the early big cities of Egypt. Um, let's see, these kings also built enormous companion monuments. likely a direct connection between the brewery and these monuments there's abundant evidence that ritual offerings were made inside the enclosure including huge deposits of pottery beer jars um, cool they found some residue of the beer in the bottom of these jars I really want somebody to brew that up and make it back into beer so the, the most aged beer ever um, speaking of which, this article is from a couple of years back, but our taste for beer might go back even further, 13,000 years. Um, this is because, oh, because they have, they found evidence, uh, uh, uh that thousands of years ago, the Natufian people, um, uh, in the Mediterranean area were, were making beer in caves. They found stone mortars. Uh, in a cave um, in near Israel, present-day Haifa, Haifa, Yaffa, Israel, and uh, uh, they would, uh, let's see, the Natufians brewed beer for ritual feasts. Um, anyway, residue sample, they found, uh, uh, basically they found alcohol residue on uh, the samples, they were, we we did not set out to find alcohol in the stone mortars, but just wanted to investigate what plants people con consumed because very little data was available, blah, blah, blah. But, spoiler, they found beer. That was 13,000 years ago. How long have humans enjoyed alcohol? Before we were human. Um, this is just uh, uh, going down this rabbit hole. This is from 2014 article. But uh, you probably know that many primates love to drink beer. Um, many of our close relatives in the ape family 
uh, we'll we'll find uh, uh, monkeys will find uh, alcohol in rotting fruit, basically, right? Fruit that's on the ground um, oftentimes will turn into alcohol. Um, let's see. So this article is saying that we've been enjoying alcohol for maybe 10 million years, maybe 50 million years. Um, there's Because there's this protein, ADH4 protein, that helps humans metabolize alcohol. And they see about 10 million years ago, um, uh, uh, primates started uh, uh, having higher levels of ADH4. And they think that it was selected for because around this time the earth cooled off, food sources changed, and the primate ancestor, whatever this 50 million year ago primate ancestor of ours, started to explore life on the ground. When when animals started coming out of the trees and living on the ground, they started eating not only fruit picked from trees, but the fallen fruits below and fallen fruits when they're exposed to bacteria in the environment that convert sugars to alcohols will begin to produce ethanol. So if you were, you could, if you could hold your, your liquor, if you were a monkey that could hold down your shit, you could survive longer. If you got drunk, if you were a cheap date, as, as this uh, researcher says in this Science Mag article, uh, you got it up by predators. So that's natural selection, uh, selecting us to enjoy and be able to heartily drink our alcohol for 10 million years now and uh, drinking beer for many thousands of those years. Next story. Extremophilia. Ooh, extremophilia. Um, scientists discover strange creatures under a half mile of ice. Yeah, this has been happening a lot <laughs> in this century. Um, everywhere scientists tend to poke, even in these little, uh, uh, these places in Antarctica that they thought would be completely devoid of life because they're so extreme. Guess what? There's life there. Uh, if you're watching the video, check this out. This is an actual video of... I mean, so cool. Uh, this camera going down this ice tunnel and, and emerging uh, in the frigid water below and then it lands on a rock. And as we're going to see, there's there's living things in them that rock. This video also simulates what a sperm sees when it's first born into the world. Okay, that was more visceral if you're looking at the video, I'm sure, than if you're listening. Uh... Okay, the video shows a descent through 3,000 feet of blue-green ice, which suddenly terminates. So basically, they were drilling uh, down through this ice shelf. Okay, I'm going to show you where it is. It's right on the edge of Antarctica. Um, it's a shelf, not a like lake or anything. Um, uh, 
So they're drilling through this mile of ice down to the ocean underneath it, and there's liquid water underneath it. It's not land. Uh, uh, but it's so far from any ocean currents, they didn't think that life could live down there. And lo, um, uh, what happened was they drilled down and they hit a rock, and they're like, what the F? Why is there a rock here? So they put a camera down there, and they saw the rock. It, they said it was just our bad luck uh, hitting a rock down there because there's not a lot of rocks down there. Uh, but they hit one. They hit the one rock on the seafloor. And look at these pictures. Uh, look it up. If you're listening to the podcast, you can see stalked animals uh, on the bottom left. These are little stalked animals on this rock living off something attached to the rock. And in the top right are sponges, little this is five centimeters across, so this is like a centimeter long sponge living on this rock. Somehow, somehow, uh, still getting sustenance from something. So, how on earth could they be getting sustenance? It says here in this Wired article. Um, well, they live under half mile solid ice, and they can't run away from the rock in search of food. Um, but they think that they're living off what they call a drift of marine snow. There's nothing that lives, there's no fish or seals or anything in this place. Um, they're 390 to 930 miles away from any uh, uh, currents, like the active ocean. Um, and usually animals that live near the current, there's something called marine snow, which is which is a drift, uh, a drift of 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 particles that are uh, of, of, you know, uh, uh, life, you know, little little pieces of flakes of uh, uh, dead animals that descend or, or just general uh, organic matter floating around that that's that's 300 to 900 miles away but they think that just there's just this little bit of marine snow that that comes in uh horizontally instead of vertically it doesn't fall from the top but it sort of blows in from the side and there's just enough organic matter that kind of rains down on this uh this this little solitary rock hidden under the ice shelf to 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 feed uh, three sponges and ten little stalks of something. They should fry these up. I wonder if they're, uh, uh, they might be tasty. Um, I just pulled this other article just for comparison because a couple years ago uh, we reported on um, the Science Jerks podcast that uh, Lake Vostok, which is actually a lake in uh, on the mainland of Antarctica um, uh, 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 found life under the surface and this is this this was pretty amazing because this lake is not connected to the ocean and it's fully capped by ice as you can see in this picture if you're looking at the picture uh, the you have a lake capped by ice there's some geothermic activity underneath it that sort of 
heats the water under the ice, and lo, slash, behold, a bunch of little amoebas and bacteria and other things are living trapped under this lake forever their whole lives. So this just goes to show everywhere we look, there tends to be something living. And uh, this also goes to show that as we start to explore the rest of the solar system, guess what? Expect to find things living. We will most likely find actual life or proof of life living outside of earth very soon because everywhere we look there seems to be some kind of life um i just it, 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 that just makes me think of the fact that the perseverance lander landed this week i don't have a story about it uh uh, uh let's we're go we're going towards the end of the show uh, I'm not going to play the theme song yet. Uh, the, the Perseverance landed uh, safely on Mars. We reported about it last week, about how it was about to touch down. It did. It made it. It's starting to send uh, pictures back. And uh, one thing it's looking for on Mars is signs of life. So this is what we're saying. What am I saying? Basically hopefully we find life on mars okay that's our show uh i have been dr chacho and i'm not a doctor i have a tip jar gravyday.com slash tip slash chacho if you want to send me a buck or 30 uh i'm on the socials at dave chacho you can find the podcast scienceafpod.com uh it's scienceafpod on twitter uh and uh do we have an Instagram? Don't have an Instagram yet. Uh, we're part of the Gravy Day Network. You can find the entire audio podcast at gravyday.com, as well as Science AF Shorts on there. Uh, you can Venmo us at Gravy Day. Send us a little something-something. Uh, uh, and, and, and join our Patreon, patreon.com slash gravyday, uh, which is the only place you can find the entire Twitch live stream. Um, if you really want those, they're on the Patreon uh, and nowhere else. Um, uh, they're sort of on twitch.com slash science underscore AF uh, for a while as well. Etsy.com slash shop slash gravy day is our Etsy shop. Thank you for listening to Science AF. Thank you for keeping the love alive of science and technology and what the fuck else i'm just I'm just babbling now let's play science the song AF. let's play it out that's the show science we're out of here science thanks for watching science, science up y'all science as fuck